Welcome to Career Tools. Today's topic, what do you want to do? Hi everyone, this is Mike, and welcome to our third installment of Career Tools. During today's show, we're going to talk about an important career search question and how do you answer it. And the question is, what do you want to do and where do you want to do it? You're going to be asked this question and you have to know how to answer it without limiting yourself. It's one of those fleeting career moments whose outcome is defined likely before the moment arrives. Here we go. Today's topic sounds like a pretty simple question, well, even though it is it is a two-parter, right? So it's not a simple question. There are actually two parts to it. But the question, what do you want to do and where do you want to do it? I mean, really, how hard can that be? Yeah, you, you would think, wouldn't you? But it is devilishly hard for most people. It really is. Most people blow this question. They They blow it. And they don't really even know that they blew it. Because they get it at times when they don't expect it, right? Yeah, it's not. Exactly. Right? They, they, they think they're going to get it during the interview itself, and they don't get it in the interview. They get it somewhere right. else, and it's unexpected. They get it before. Right. And then they stumble around, and they get through it. And then they're so worried about the rest of the conversation that to avoid totally, just like totally beating themselves up about how well they do, they put this answer, you know, the answer to this question, in the top half of the answers they delivered. Yeah. Right. Be, you know, because, of course, they did answer it accurately, right? Yeah, they, they, they meant what they said, right? Right, I mean, right, right. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't terribly complex, and how hard can it be? I did tell them where I, what I wanted to do and where I wanted to do it, but the problem is the answer wasn't very good. Yeah, yeah. unfortunately, being accurate doesn't make it good, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need to do a cast on the definition of good interviewing answers, which is to say persuasively truthful and too many people mistakenly make it truthfully persuasive, which is the backwards way. Right, right, right. But right. that's another cast. Um, yeah. You know, what happens is they get asked this question by an executive who's helping them or by a recruiter or whatever, and they're not ready for it because they don't think they're interviewing. We'll talk about that in a second. And they end up defining what they want poorly, and they don't handle the limitations part of the question. You've got to have limitations associated with the question. That said, you're totally right. They blow it. So let's walk through how you handle the basics, the basic question. And by the way, this is a special one. It's one of those special questions or career moments where there is a kiss of death alert. Um, Ooh, that's not good. In this one, yeah. If you if you stumble over part of this, you get the kiss of death. Um, so we've got five parts of the cast. We're going to give you some basic background, talking about what what the question is and, and more details about it and so on. Then there are really four parts to the answer, which is first. You define your desired job. We'll give you some details there. Then you say you're open to similar opportunities, right? So answer the question and then profess openness. You describe your location preference, not terribly hard. And then the second part, you give a caveat, which is to say you're open to any location, if in fact you are. So it's a very, it's very straightforward, but you've got to understand both parts of both parts of the question. Good. Okay, so let's let's talk a little bit about the the basic background here of this question. And I alluded to it earlier, which is that the mistake that many folks make here is that they are surprised by this question as if it's supposed to happen in an interview. And it's not an interview question. 
Right. Yeah. It you know comes up two times really, and we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll get to that in a second. But it's a form of evaluation shorthand for folks like you and me, like executives and recruiters. Right. And what we do is we use this question to quickly assess whether or not you are ready for it by the tone and tenor of your answer. And whether we like the content of your answer or not, we're making conclusions. Yeah, exactly. People think that I answered it correctly, so I'm okay, when in fact, people are who are asking this question are really looking for, have you thought clearly about it? Are you ready for the question? And you really don't get a whole lot of credit for stumbling through it. You ought to be able to answer this question. In fact, this is one of the first questions you should ask yourself in the search. When you, when you start thinking, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about doing something different, either at my own company or somewhere else, the question that ought to pop into your head is, what do you want to do and where do you want to do it? And there's a right way to answer that. And if you stumble over it while delivering technically accurate answers, you get no credit because it's the stumbling over it that sends the message to the recruiter or the executive. Not good. If you can't answer this question, what it says is that you don't know what you want to do or you where, where you want to do it. And so if you're interviewing, the only conclusion we can come to is that you're simply running away from something, and nobody wants to hire anybody yeah. run, simply running away. Exactly. You're leaving a negative rather than seeking a positive. Good. Yeah. So there are two times you're going to be asked this, either by executives, we've alluded to it already, by executives and friends of yours in your network whom you've asked to help you in your career search. And then, of course, the other one is by recruiters who are not tied to a specific job in a specific location. So therefore, I ask, hey, what do you want to do and where do you want to do it? And it happens before the interview, before people realize that they're interviewing. In fact, the mistake is they assume that they're not interviewing yet. Wait, wait, wait. When, when you're talking to executives, people you know, or your network of friends, you're saying that they are interviewing you? <laughs> is that what you just said? I'm not, I'm not saying they are interviewing, but I am saying you're in an interview. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. If, if, if you don't think that executives are constantly evaluating you, if you don't think recruiters are watching you sidelong, if they think they might have a chance of placing you, you're, you're insane. They are constantly evaluating you. I have a bad habit of, of mentioning things to my friends. A, a friend will say, hey, I noticed you had a funny look on your face. I said, yeah, you did this three minutes ago. And they said, what? We were talking about football. I said, yeah, but still, you did that, and it's not cool. And he's like, do you ever turn it off? I said, well, if you ask me for a job referral in a couple of years, I'm going to remember all the stuff you did and didn't do, and I'm going to I'm going to want to have paid attention. Um, yeah, that's why I don't have any friends. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of what I was look, thinking. But. <laughs> you, you know, a, a good example, a good example, President Clinton, Bill Clinton, famous for a political technique, which is widely copied now, um, called the continuing or the continuous campaign, meaning you're always campaigning for the next election. You're always uh, being reelected in people's minds. Um, don't ever think for a second, folks, that executives and recruiters aren't looking at you for a, f a possible future position, evaluating you against the future position or whether or not you should be on their bench, or they're looking at you to see how uh, they'll respond to you when you call and ask for help. They want to get a sense of who you are so they can say yes or no, or I'm too busy or what have you. And so believe us, you're interviewing now whether you're being interviewed or not. You're in an interview in the sense that people are evaluating you every day all the time. Tom Peters, you know, in the last 10, 15 years, there's been an explosion of the whole idea of independent careers, and, and rightfully so, because um, companies stop managing people's career. Tom Peters invented the thing called Brand U 
Daniel Pink wrote Free Agent Nation about being an individual rather than being a part of an organization. And there are pluses and minuses to that. Those ideas, those memes have basically injected themselves into the career change slash career search world across the board. You're always on display. You're always being interviewed. So you've got to be ready for this question at all times, even at a casual lunch, even when you're not even thinking about your career, because if I'm an executive and I'm with you, I'm asking myself, how good are you? Because we literally might ask as a form of conversation, even though it feels formal to you, we might ask anyway, and we'll know based on your answer, whether or not you're ready. This is one of those core cost of entry questions that you just know the answer to. And you might even ask yourself every quarter when you review your resume, how would I answer the question in the next quarter? What do I want to do and where do I want to do it? The answer may be stay right here and do what I'm doing right now. And that's fine. But you can't send a message that you haven't thought about it when you get asked the question. It's okay if you give us an answer that suggests that you want a job that we can't help you with. But we probably won't help you at all if you deliver an answer that's surprised or you're not really clear or crisp about what your goals and objectives are and, and where you want to achieve those goals and objectives. Right. Let me make it even clearer by talking about the other side of the equation. We're suggesting here to you that you're always interviewing. Let me tell you, the best managers and best executives out there are always, always recruiting. <laughs> They're always exactly looking, good point. Yeah. Right. And 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 so if that is true and the best are doing that, then you ought to be prepared with a great yep. answer to this question, which they are going to ask quite often. Yep. Excellent. Okay. Good. Something else too. A lot of people say, well, gosh, that's one of those questions that rules me out that it causes people to say they don't want to help me. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That happens. But if I'm an executive and I'm thinking about helping you, we're you might say that we're looking to call you out of the herd or whatever, but we actually just think of it as focusing our work where we can be most effective. I get asked a lot about why interviewing questions or career search questions or the larger discussion of who, who you are and what you've done in your career and where you're headed, why they have hidden answers associated with them. Like this one, you could give a correct answer that's still a poor answer because you're not crisp in your delivery because you seem surprised by it. And, and or people ask me, why are there so many pitfalls in interviews? Why are there so many things that seem overly negative in an interview? And of course, you, you, I'm sure everybody's heard us say a hundred times, interviews in artificial reality designed to keep you out. I mean, our, our default answer is no, right? Right. Uh, yeah. All those little hidden Pitfalls are there because we put them in there. <laughs> yeah, we put them in there in a reason to pitfall you. <laughs> right. You've been pitfalled. You've been pitfalled. Yeah. <laughs> um, it does seem funny to me, though, to even ask that question. Look, suppose in the first five minutes of an interview or a you're in a conversation with somebody and you get the sense that they're well-prepared, they're professionally ready, they're clear, they're crisp, they're concise, they're eager to share, they're outgoing, they're polite to you, uh, they're, they're uh, a sharp person. To you, it just feels like they know their stuff. Aren't you going to be more inclined to hire them knowing, I mean, you don't have to know anything else. You're thinking, wow, I like this person. Yeah, of course you would. Because preparation and readiness and, and advanced work and communication skills are universally a good thing. Yeah, it's possible you could make the wrong choice by hiring a prepared but ultimately less qualified applicant. 
But what we're saying is that when it comes to this question, what do you want to do and where do you want to do it? This is a classic heuristic. It's a rule of thumb that executives and recruiters use to assess where you are in your preparation, how ready you are, how smart you are about career searches and career management skills, and how good you're going to be communicating that. Because we know we're not just going to get evaluated on whether or not you do well in the job if we refer you for it, but whether or not you do well in the interview, which depends upon preparation, knowledge, background, and communication skills as well. Right. Yeah. If you're smart here, we're likely to assume that you're going to be smart elsewhere. Or another way of looking at it, if you don't know what you want, uh, what's the chance you're going to be good at it when you get the job? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good way to put it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So people get frustrated that they get asked this question, not in an interview, right? Oh, if they asked me in an interview, I'd be ready. Right. What? 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 What's that? Right. If you know the answer, you know the answer, whether you're in an interview or not. Um, so people get frustrated and they get frustrated that interviewers and recruiters in advance of an interview expect what amounts to an interview ready answer. And yet we've still found it a great tool to quickly separate the wheat from the chaff. And look, if you answer it well, it makes our jobs as an executive, not as a recruiter necessarily, but as an executive, much easier to determine how much time we're going to spend trying to help you get what you want. Yeah, much easier. Okay. So, so now we come to how do we in fact answer the question? The first thing you have to do is answer, what do you want to do? I mean, that is the first part of the question. Right. And you do that by defining your desired job. Before we give them the answer, let's let's just be clear about one thing. Because it is the first part of the question, what is it you want to do, right? You you answer that first. You don't say, well, hey, I know you asked what I want to do. Let me start with location because I really want to be clear about location. This is one of those classic errors of, I don't want you to, I don't want to tell you, Mr. Recruiter, what you want to know, because that's not important to me. What I want to tell you is what I want you to know. That's what's important to me. And the recruiter or the executive is shaking their head going, gee, I vaguely recall being in charge of this conversation. Apparently this person has forgotten that. They can't be that smart. So let's be clear. The reason you answer the question, what do you want to do first, is it's the first part of your, is the first part of the question. And if you don't answer that first, strike two, not just strike one, but strike two. And the answer is easy, right? I mean, particularly if you love what you're doing, I mean, all you do is say, "Yeah, pretty much what I'm doing now. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. That'll work. Yeah. Basically what you do, going back to your point, you define your desired job. And the biggest single mistake that people make in this is saying pretty much what I'm doing now, saying what I'm doing now or, or some variant of that. That is wrong. It is backwards. And it is absolutely the kiss of death. Interview. It's the equivalent of when somebody says, tell me about your job and last job as a manager and you say hiring and firing, right? That's the kiss of death as well. It would be the kiss of death to tell someone to imply that what you want to do is what you're already doing. Right. And the reason it's the kiss of death is because although we, you know, recruiters like yourself, Mark, are incredibly intelligent you very likely don't know exactly what it is the person is doing right now. Right. Yeah. You got to look at the resume. You know what you're going to do. The moment they say, I'm going to do what I'm doing, they look down at the resume. Right. Then they got to try to figure it out, right? Yeah. You don't want us looking down at your resume, right? Right. And and then second of all, what recruiters want to hear is they want to hear how you characterize what you do. Bingo. Right. You know, that's what you're going to tell them. Look, if you say financial analyst, that's just, you know, it's frankly just a lame job description. It doesn't give us any details, no skills, no depth, no breadth, none of that. It's simple. You're right. No depth, no breadth. We want to know whether you've thought about what it is you do and that you can characterize it both accurately and persuasively, both parts, persuasively truthful. Remember that. 
because you're going to have to do so in an interview. If you can't do it with us, or if you say something stupid to us, you, you've had this happening, right, Mike, where people say to you, well, when, when they tell you something dumb and you're talking to them about helping their career and you say, well, maybe you wouldn't want to say that. And then they say the phrase that just nearly causes my head to explode. They say, oh, I would never say that to someone in an interview. And right. I feel like saying, like, I, just I really did. don't matter. Why am I having this conversation? Yeah. What? Well, obviously you okay. don't care about me. Yeah. You really want to get me out of the way so you can go talk to my friends who could give you a job. I'm nothing but a gatekeeper that you need to knock down so you can get where you want to go. Yeah. That won't make any friends. Yeah. So you've got to be able to characterize what you do and saying that what your job title is, is not any good. You've got to, you've got to make it more real, more deep, more broad for us. And, and there's, there's even another reason is we'd like to think that you can characterize your job in such a way that shows us that you want to do more, that you want to deliver more. The idea that you can have a great career simply by meeting the requirements of each job you've had, just meeting them without having a desire to grow the job, to grow your skills, to, to have more responsibility. Um, the idea that you can be stagnant and do fine is very old. It's, a, it's an ancient idea. Yeah, and if you want to give a limiting definition, um, why don't you just give a job title? That's yeah, exactly. You, you couldn't get more limiting if you tried. <laughs> yeah, if, if for no other reason than everybody uses different job titles, and the way you define it is different from the way I define it, and yeah, it's too short. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So look, we also want to see whether you expect to do that same job or a bigger job. And look, you could you could define bigger in a number of ways, but again, th that job title. Oh, oh, oh. We want to know that you can talk about your job in a way that makes us see you using those skills in other places, in other ways. That's the question we have. Right. Okay. But it's, it's possible, though, that you may not want to do the same job in a bigger role. Um, it's also okay to say, hey, using skill set X in industry Y, right? Yeah, sure. Look, sometimes you want to change roles, go in a different direction a little bit. You can't just say financial analysis in the raw materials markets, right? Something more. And here's an example. I want to continue using my financial analysis skills in commodities and raw materials, ideally in an industry with opportunities for hedging or, and or contract negotiations. Or you could say something like, I want to stay in consulting, focusing more on talent management as opposed to recruiting. And generally speaking, the more technical industry, the better. Right? Yeah. But if you do that, though, you have to give examples. I mean, you need to make it easy on us. Don't make us guess about it. If we don't do talent management for our job, then we probably don't have it at the tip of our tongue. And you need to, frankly, spoon feed us just a little bit. Yeah. Now, look, at there's, there's some recruiters who say, don't give me examples. And, and that's because the examples they always hear are the sexy, cool jobs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The only way. I want to work for Google. Right, right, exactly. They only say that because they are hearing those jobs without the second half of the first part of our answer, where we're going to say we're open to other opportunities. Yeah, if you don't say the second part of this about being open, then they're going to overreact to the sexiness and the coolness of the job, and they're going to think, you're smoking crack, there's no way I have that job for you, or... Like the guy who told me, hey, uh, Mark, what I want is a job that I work three days a week and make $100,000 a year. And I was like, okay, stand in line behind me, right? Um, so, yeah, you have to give examples. 
and uh, it could be it could be something uh, uh, along the lines of uh, I'd love to use my skills in this way in this industry. And a good example would be company X where they're doing this, or I'd really like to do more of this. I'm excited about this skill that I'm very good at. I can really see it applying well in this industry, this industry. And an example of that would be a role I recently um, talked to a friend about where I would be doing this for this person, focusing on this market overseas or something like that. Now, look, after doing all that and being specific and saying, this is what I want to do, okay? Then you must, in the second part, the genius of the answer, the reason you can be specific, assuming you've done some homework and thought about it first, you've got to be able and willing to say that you're open to similar opportunities. Right. But only after you've done the first part, right? You yeah, can't yeah, start yeah, off yeah. that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, you, you don't do yourself any, any great credit when they say, what do you want to do? And say, well, first of all, I want you to know I'm open to anything. Okay, so in other words, I asked you a question. I want a specific answer, but you don't want to tell me that. You want to make sure that you don't get it wrong, and so you tell me this other thing first. I don't know. You know, Mike, I don't know how many times I've said that. Please don't tell us what you want us to know first. Tell us what we want to know first. But for some reason, still, people say, well, I don't want to answer that. And maybe that's as far as you go, right? You just say you're open to, you know, you don't have any preferences. You're you're open. But we know better. We, we yeah, know that's we know, not yeah. true, right? So, yeah, exactly. so now you're not being honest with us. You're not being direct with us. Yeah. And, and and then if you say your preference, right? If you say, I really want to do these kind of jobs, this kind of thing with this kind of specialty or this kind of industry, and then you don't say you're open, we believe you have more than a preference that that's all you're willing to consider and you're restricted. And if you're restricted and we can't see that we have four connections for you, that'll be perfect. We're unlikely to help you either as a recruiter or an executive. And so suddenly what you've described is what you think is a good answer because you were truthful about it is not terribly persuasive. And suddenly nobody's helping you get a job that you can, you can enjoy. Right. Right. I, I got a great opportunity for you. Or I know somebody who has a great opportunity that'd be perfect for you, but you didn't leave me any wiggle room. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I can't. Shame. I, it, it's not Google, so I, you know, I guess since I you're not open, you I don't want to refer you to it. Yeah. yeah. So look, after you describe what you want to do, you say, "And hey, I'm open to other opportunities that will let me leverage my skills with, you know, as long as I can see a future there." You've got to say this, folks. If you leave this out again, you're implying your career is going to be like those ones that are 50 years ago, very vertical very linear, right? Wait until your turn until you get promoted. Very boring. It's dumb. It's dumb. It doesn't happen anymore. Or it happens so rarely, you wouldn't want to be cubbyholed there. You know, I, I read somewhere an article, I want to say in Esquire magazine about um, one of our present, one of the billionaires in the fashion business, Ralph Lauren or someone like that. No, I'm sorry. I think this is a female executive um, in, in uh, fashion, started out in medical school and ended up in fashion. Somebody else took almost took over their dad's grocery store, and their dad said, no, 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 you need to stay in the clothing business. You're good at that. And when I think about it, I've been an army officer. I've been a salesman for Procter Gamble. I was a recruiter. I've been a consultant, and now I'm a podcaster. Podcasting didn't even exist for me to get into it less than 10 years ago, right? Right. You have to be open because no smart person is not open, and we don't hire not smart people. Right. Right. And, and again, to, to state it again, if you leave it off, we assume that you are not open and you won't hear about those opportunities. Yeah. And, and it's the old joke of, 
Oh, you mean you got a friend a job in San Francisco? Because I would have gone to San Francisco for that great job with that company. I said, oh, well, you said you really were only interested in Silicon Valley, and I don't think of Silicon Valley as being San Francisco. Oh, well, I would have considered that. Well, how would I have known that? Well, I just thought you knew. Right. Uh, oh, through wrong. telepathy? <laughs> right? Now we're watching the show Heroes, and I can read your mind. Right. Okay, so now that you've done all that... Right. Now it's time to describe the, the second part of the question, which is to describe your location preferences. And it has the same basic principle as the first part, which is you answer the question and then you, you stay open, right? And actually, I want to say that I'm pretty sure we've recorded a podcast on location, but I, I don't know when, when it's coming out. Um, but nonetheless, we don't want to have people leave now and go, go listen to that cast. I'd probably be more detailed than this one. Right. This, this is probably, I think this technique of starting specific and, and then generalizing is probably the opposite of the typical political answer. You know, that's a great point. Right. I, I never thought of it that way. They, they waffle around and they probably never get to the specifics, hoping that you will have forgotten about the specifics. Um, but we're talking about here is answer the question directly, get specific, and then generalize it. Yeah, if somebody in an interview says yes or no, and then asks you a question, there are only two words that are appropriate coming out of your mouth, and they're yes or no. Or, well. <laughs> well, yeah. Always the bad answers start with, well, <laughs> I'm here to tell you a story, right? Look, let's stipulate something here first, though. We're answering a recruiter or an executive's question. Somebody who's helping us out or talking to us about our career, it's completely fair for them to ask us this question. If I don't know anyone who lives where you say you want to go, I'm going to assume that I'm less likely to really be truly helpful to you. I might be helpful in some other way, but probably not in a referral. On the other hand, if you really want a position in Sacramento, and I know that, I can help you because I have great relationships with people in power in Sacramento. I mean, I may not want to live there, but I know people there, okay? This question is both for us... Because we all, me and Mike and other executives and recruiters included, we all think about our friends in terms of their geography relative to us to some degree. And it's also for you because we really do know that you really do have a preference, just like you have a preference about your job. Right. And if all possible, the, the way to attack this is to keep it to a region if you can. Yeah. Now, look, this this usually upsets some people. They're like, well, no, I, I know the city I want to live in. We're, we're okay with that, but let me just give you some examples. It sounds like this. I'd prefer to be in the Southeast, as an example, right? I'm going to give you some U.S. examples. I'd prefer to be in the Southeast, and probably with my career, Atlanta is ideal for me. Or you could say the Midwestern U.S. is my preference. Milwaukee is as good as Chicago. You could say the West Coast is where I want to stay. You could say you know, I'm fine, you know, or I prefer to be in London, and yet Europe is, is fine for me as well. And here's the key point. Here's the mistake that people make when we ask you to keep it to a region. You assume that it means two things that are not true. One thing you assume is that if you get an offer in this area, since you state it as being your preference area, somehow you're obligated to accept it. Not true. There is probably only one offer that you're obligated to take other, other than the one your spouse demands you take, right? <laughs> right yeah. That's a good one to take. Just be smart, boys and girls, and take it if your spouse says, that's the one I want. And that, the only other offer that you're obligated to take is one where the company has asked you, 
what you wanted. And then they said, if we put together that offer for you with this and that and the one such and such put together, would you take it? And you stupidly say yes. And then they actually put together that offer for you. You better take it. Right. Right. That's pretty simple. On the other hand, you shouldn't say yes. The second mistaken assumption that people have is you can't also have a tighter preference even if you wouldn't actually say it out loud. And the title preference could be Atlanta or Chicago or London or Milwaukee or even Cupertino. You could say uh, Chicago ideally or Cupertino would be perfect. We didn't ask you what would be perfect. We ask you for a preference. So it's okay to have a title preference, but you don't want to say that tighter preference. You want to keep yourself as broad as possible while stating a general preference to answer a question so you don't lose opportunities that might be close to your perfect city. But if you found out they pay $100,000 more than your okay job in your perfect city, wouldn't you rather have a perfect job for $100,000 more in a city 30 miles away? You've right, got to be exactly. careful about that. If, if you really want San Francisco, yet somebody offered you a great job in Walnut Creek, which is a great city, 30 miles east of San Francisco, would you not take it? Yeah, right. of course you probably would. But it, but if you say San Francisco and you yeah. don't say you're open, yeah, you're and done. you leave it as a, as a less than a regional preference, you're never going to get off or offered Walnut Creek. Right. Yeah. And even better yet, if you can, and you can say it honestly, and we're, we never suggest you say something that is not true. Right. If it's true, say you're open to any location. Yeah. If you're tied to Birmingham, Alabama, because of your ailing father, you are. You are tied to it. And we understand. If you won't consider anything else, no sense in wasting in you wasting your time looking elsewhere. Just don't confuse the quote where I really like to live with a restriction. Because you can really like Pebble Beach and say, I'm willing to consider all of California. And if you get an okay job in Los Angeles and you don't want to live in Los Angeles, you say no. And even though it technically was in your preference area, it's not the job you want. It's just not the ideal job for you. And because it's not in the ideal location, you're going to say no. Right now, you're looking for opportunities. You're, you're not accepting offers. There's right. a big difference between job offers Right. And opportunities. I really should have said there are three caveats because the third one or the third issue is that people mistakenly believe that they're that they're committing to something in advance and they're already after the fact and now they're saying yes or no to a specific location when in fact all you're doing is trying to help an executive or recruiter understand where they should put their time and energy into. Yeah. So look, in total, it sounds something like this. I'd like to focus on transportation analysis, specifically heavy freight in the tariff world. That said, I could see myself in lighter freight, something pretty dynamic. A railroad or an intermodal job would be ideal. And the Midwest is best for my family. But for a good opportunity, I'd go to the moon because that's what I want, a good opportunity. That is a clear, crisp, short, unhesitant, unstumbling description of what I want to do and where I want to do it. And when you answer that way, somebody says, Man, she has her ducks in a row. She's ready. She's thought this through. She's actually thought of how she can make my job helping her easier by having a a crisp, short, clear answer to one of the core questions that everybody gets, which is, what do you want to do and where do you want to do it? 
Yeah, and I think I'll introduce her to Joe, who happens to have a job Yeah, almost perfect for her. Hmm. Yeah, or maybe even better, maybe she's so crisp, so sharp, so good, maybe the location is not perfect for her, but it pays $75,000 more a year, and I think she'd be great working for Joe, and I'm going to look more broadly for her because it's clear she's thought about it, and she says she's open too, so let's expand our horizons a little bit. Maybe she'll meet somebody that'll really catch her eye, and she'll get a big promotion, and that can't hurt me because I'm the one that put her in touch with the person who made the offer. There you go. Yep. So five basic points we made, right? This is not an interview question, uh, um, but it, but it's important you understand that it's coming and it's coming before the interviews actually happen. What you've got to do when you answer it is you've got two, you, it's a two-part question. E- your answer has two parts in each of the two parts of the question. And that is you define your desired job. Uh, And then you describe yourself as being open to similar opportunities. When you define your desired job, you don't tell them what you're, you don't just say what you're doing now. You define it in terms of skill sets, doing what in what type of industry, and then giving examples as well. After that, you say you're open, as I mentioned. And then in the second part, you tell them what your location preference is, sticking to a region when at all possible. And then you say you're open to any location if in fact you are, because you want them to consider you broadly if they find the right job and the right company in the right situation. And then they can say, it's not in your ideal location, but we believe because everything can be considered that maybe, in fact, this would be worthwhile for you to look at. The more opportunities you have before you have to choose, the better off you're going to be. There you go. Excellent, my friend. Thank you, sir. We'll see you later. Hey, look, if you're getting this new podcast, Career Tools, in your Manager Tools subscription feed, and you're interested in getting more, be sure to subscribe to the Career Tools feed at the Manager Tools website, or search for Career Tools in iTunes and subscribe there. This is going to be the last of the Career Tools shows that we're going to include in the Manager Tools feed, so if you don't want to miss out on these, go ahead and subscribe now. Well, that's it, and all our best wishes for the upcoming new year. We'll see you then. So long.